Hello and welcome. I am Tessa Van Rens. You are listening to this podcast series, Radical Solutions for Britain, brought to you by Unlock Democracy. Everyone is talking about Brexit, but do we know what kind of country we want afterwards? Perhaps we don't need wishful thinking or rehashed ideas, but radical new solutions. So we brought together some inspiring speakers at this year's party conferences to discuss their solutions. In this podcast, we talk to one speaker every episode about their radical idea for Britain. Because Brexit means Brexit. A vote to leave will put our NHS in jeopardy. This crisis predates Brexit by a long way. From Malaysia to Mexico, from Sri Lanka to Singapore, privatisation is on the move. Certain resources, public spaces, land in general. So what happens if we take water into public ownership? We should tend towards much more of a commons model. Bring rail, royal mail, energy and water into public ownership. I'm here with Kat Hobbs. Uh, Perhaps you could introduce yourself. So, hi, so I'm Kat Hobbs. I'm the director and founder of We Own It. We're a campaign Mm -hmm. for public ownership of our public services. Thank you. So what is your sort of radical idea that you think would fix broken Britain? So we want to see public ownership of our public services. So we think that the privatisation ideology that we've had for the past 30 years really hasn't worked. And we've seen in our public services like water, energy, rail, buses, Royal Mail, the NHS, care work, council services. We've seen that privatisation has really failed people. Um, It's meant that bills have gone up. It's meant scandal after scandal as private companies that answer to their shareholders put them first instead of putting people first. So Carillion collapsing, G4S uh, failing to deliver prisons and failing to deliver at the Olympics and having scandal after scandal. Um, Outsourcing companies like uh, Serco failing people. So what we want to see is public services that really belong to all of us um, and... uh, rebalancing the economy really so that it's a mixed economy and it's not just um, private companies doing everything all the time. Thank you. Uh, it, it seems like such a logical idea. It's, it, I almost find it hard to think of any criticism or like critique of it. So my question is, why do you think is it that so many people are not on board with it or at least not on board with it enough um, for it to have changed? So why has it gone on for so long? How is it that these are not just things that everyone agrees on easily. So I think people do agree when you're talking about ordinary people, so public ownership is incredibly popular, and actually it always has been, even when Margaret Thatcher was introducing privatisation in the 80s and privatisations were continuing in the 90s, what you see in the polling around then is that um, people didn't believe in privatisation, they wanted to see public services staying publicly owned. Um, But we've had a situation where the elite have completely bought into this ideology that private companies are more efficient, even though there's absolutely no evidence for that. that. And in fact, private companies and public companies are around the same in terms of efficiency. But we waste money with privatisation, so we waste Mm. money on shareholder profits, we waste money because there's a lot of fragmentation, um, and we waste money on creating and, and regulating artificial markets where arguably they just don't belong because there isn't really meaningful choice Um, but I think there's been this gap basically and it's been a very big gap for a long long time between the public and the elites in terms of this policy Um, 
And what we're now seeing with Labour's uh, manifesto from last year is that finally we've got some kind of representation of what the public actually think about this in the political conversation, which is incredibly exciting. So not only is private ownership inefficient and not delivering what it needs to deliver, it's also undemocratic in the sense that it doesn't actually represent what the people want and what they think. Yeah, that's right. So it's not what people want. Um, I think I think people have had, in a way, we've all been told these myths for so long that we feel like, well, surely there must be a reason why things are done this way. But there isn't really, you know. So I think we've had our confidence undermined. And especially when you have, you know, right-wing think tanks funded by billionaires on the news all the time spouting this kind of economic ideology at us. We think, oh, maybe I don't know. But the fact is we do know. And I think people really feel it. They feel it in their hearts that privatisation isn't right, that public services are something that we're doing, we're doing collectively and something that, that matters to all of us and people really feel really strongly about things like the NHS, for example. Um, but yeah, so, so there's a sort of basic point that people want public ownership and they're not getting it. Um, and then there's a, a, another broader point, which is that, you know, when we do get public ownership, we can make sure that we have more accountability, more transparency, more democracy over these public services. Because it's very difficult when you know, for example, if, you're, if your train doesn't arrive and you think, well, which, which train company is it? Was it actually the other train company's fault? Or maybe it was Network <laughs> Rail's fault? Or maybe it was the rolling stock company because they didn't deliver, th- you know? Or, or was it the Department for Transport? You know, we have an, a really fragmented system. And when you have private companies involved in delivering services to a contract, essentially, then do you go to government? Do you go to the private company? Do you go to some complex bit of the structure that's actually mm. at fault? So I think people don't really know how to hold power to account in that situation and it's the same in a, in a council so um, you know for example councils like Barnet who've outsourced everything um, you know do you go to the council or do you go to the to the company involved you know which is which is Capita right I'm having a mind blank Capita they've, that, yeah. they've outsourced yeah, everything yeah, yeah, to yeah, you know so do you go to Capita or do you go to Barnet council um, and it's really really unclear to people whereas if we have public ownership, we can have clear lines of accountability, and then we can add into that more mechanisms for the public to get involved and have a real say over their services. And it's not going to be perfect. I think you probably will know much better than me that democracy is never perfect, but it's a good starting point, and it's something that we can really do if we have you know, a direct say over how things are run. So generally people would say, or the argument would be that... It- as a consumer, you can have accountability of whoever you purchase things from by having a choice and by deciding not to purchase that one and to go for the other brand. But that, as you mentioned before, that doesn't really work in case of these sort of water and train and all of those kind of services, does it? Exactly. It's a kind of ideology gone mad. And the whole idea um, in the 80s with Thatcher and other people like John Redwood was they were like, how far can we push this? How far can we push this idea to open up space for the private sector? Let's see if we can get people to think about a market in, you know, water, a market in energy, a market in transport. Um, and then, you know, maybe we can get a market in healthcare. And the fact is that there isn't a market in any meaningful sense in any of these things. Mm. Um, and that's, that's really because there isn't meaningful choice. And sometimes that's really stark. You know, the water coming out of your taps, it comes from one place. You don't get to choose which water company you use. So the water companies essentially have a license to operate and you don't get any choice about it. Thames Water is my water company, that's that. Um, When the train arrives on the platform, it's coming along one line, 
You know, yeah. there's most of the time there's absolutely no competition on the railway except at the level of issuing contracts or issuing licenses to these private companies by government. So that's, you know, that's their kind of, they're trying to introduce the market, but it's not a consumer market. And even if we're thinking about things like schools or hospitals, you know, there was this kind of Blairite push to describe everything in, in terms of choice around what, what school your child goes to or what hospital you go to. But actually, people want to go, they want their ch- children to go to a great local school. They want all schools to be brilliant. They are going to turn up at their nearest hospital when something goes wrong. Mm. So, again, you know, people need local, brilliant public services. Often those are really ones where if you try to have competition, that would mean a huge amount of duplication. So it would be incredibly inefficient or it just can't really be done. So why pretend to have a market and have, you know, apply that model across everything when it clearly doesn't make any sense? Yeah, it almost seems like a fantasy that's been made up just to, to serve whatever the, the political some, interest was at the time. Exactly, and some vested interests, which are now very much stuck in that model. And mm. I think, um, you know, it's finally been exposed, you know, for example, with the water industry now, the water companies and off-water sort of trying to defend their record and say that, no, really, they're great, but they know that as soon as people look at that situation, they can see that it it's just madness, you know, mm. with it, It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, it's so, kind of like that monopoly board where you where you land on the utilities and whoever's got the utilities gets your money <laughs> and, 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 and you're stuck and that's it, right? Like, and no no one would want their daily life to be like monopoly, I think. Exactly. It would cause a lot of conflicts in every family. Yeah. Um, so I think the public, uh, as you said before, are you know, on board with this idea and... Um, everyone is behind this and probably agrees with it. So how can they use that will and use that awareness and that conviction that they have um, to sort of support your cause? Like what is the direct action that our listeners can take uh, to, to get on board with this and force politics to change? So please do go to weownit.org.uk, sign up for our mailing list. We've been running various campaigns. So we, we make this general case against privatization for public ownership. And we will also jump in where there's a campaign that needs to happen. So we helped stop the privatization of the land registry and NHS professionals, and we uh, ran the campaign to bring the East Coast Line into public ownership. And what we also do is promote a whole bunch of other people's campaigns because there's lots of people working on this agenda. There's lots and lots of really informed NHS campaigners, people trying to bring the railways into public ownership, etc., etc. So we try to um, boost all of those campaigns and and you know get stronger together. So. Um, yeah, please do. Please do sign up. Um, and it's really important. I think whatever you know, whatever political party you're in, obviously lots of people in Labour are excited about this. But if we if we do get a Labour government, they're going to really struggle to make this happen because the vested interests are incredibly strong and powerful, um, and so they're going to need all the support that they can get um, from us. And we'll need to hold them accountable because there'll be people within Labour as well who don't want this to happen, think this is a step too far, even though it's a completely common sense policy. <laughs> thank you. Um, that's a lot of good hope and for the future. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. This podcast is produced by Unlock Democracy, an organization which wants to give power back to the people. This episode was produced and edited by Bridie Addison Child and reported by me, Tessa Van Rens. If you enjoyed the podcast please give us a like or a share leave any comments you have for us or for the wonderful speakers 
or tell us your own idea on social media with the hashtag Radical Solutions.